Hello there. It's time for most things Kenobi. I prefer all things Kenobi, but I suppose that's not the Jedi way. As long as it's not all things Anakin. Welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Leanne. And I'm your host, Lauren. And this week, we're going to get into two of many short stories from the collection called From a Certain Point of View, um, 40 Stories Celebrating 40 Years of Star Wars. So this was released um, back when it was the 40th anniversary of, what was it? I think it was for Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, which is my favorite. It's the Empire Strikes Back collection, because I think there's one that's just a certain point of view, and then there's one that's Empire Strikes Back. But this one we're talking about today, or the two that we're talking about today, are from the Empire Strikes Back edition. Yes. And I just want to mention again that this story, or this audiobook was gifted to us by one of our listeners, and we just want to say thank you again. You know who you are. Absolutely. Thank you. It really touched our hearts, and we loved it. Yes. (laughs) We, we, so we're only going to talk about two that we listened to, which were requested. There, there was a list that was suggested that we listen to first. Mm-hmm. So we didn't do them in order, but we did do them by what was basically offered, yeah. suggested. Yeah. And the two we're talking about is Disturbance, which mm-hmm. is read and narrated by the amazing Sam Witwer. Oh my god. It was <laughs> Which, so, oh so good. His change of tone for you know throughout the entire story was it was really awesome. I mean he's talented. So he's a yeah. fucking talented individual. Like I was kind of like in awe honestly. Me too. It was so good. Me too. And then the other short story we're gonna talk about is There is always another. Yes. Which is it made me laugh out loud at one or two points, which I, I want to know if you can guess what points I'm referring to when we get there. But they were probably the same ones that I laughed out loud. Probably because it. So the first one that we're going to talk about disturbance is from the point of view of Sidious or well, Palpatine as Sidious. It's kind of difficult. But then the, yes. the there is always another is from the point of view of Force Ghost Obi-Wan. So yes, it's kind of cheeky in that it's got that Obi-Wan sense of humor, even though it's a serious topic and, you know, a heartbreaking tale of sorts. So let's talk about the first one, Disturbance, which we both loved. It was excellent. It It was damn good. (laughs) It was damn good. It was really good. And like, I mean, the performance was amazing, but the story is like... Really great. Really good. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that it's Luke-focused, as Mm -hmm. is, I mean, many of these, actually. The ones that I've listened to. Which makes makes sense. sense. Because Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. But it gives you a different perspective on him than you've ever had, especially this story in particular. Yes. And so what I really liked was it starts as Palpatine having a vision about who this rebel pilot was that blew up the death star Mm -hmm. and what i find what i what i thought was really cool is he's having a vision about himself as sidious so there's still the two like Mm -hmm. separate entities right and it's mostly about 
you know, Luke is the hooded character. Right. But when I li- first heard it, he was holding a red light- lightsaber. And I said, this, yeah. this has, this, there's something funky about this. It, it's got to be, they're tied to Vader somehow. Cause you know, obviously Luke doesn't carry a red lightsaber. <laughs> so, yeah. And then right. you come to find out. Yeah. Most, most of this is like also from the point of basically the point of view of Vader. Yeah, it's almost like the Emperor realizes he's not having a vision. He's, like, tapping into Vader's vision. Which... Which, I love that idea. I loved it. And it made me incredibly just depressed. Because (laughs) for anyone who's heard the short story, like you said, we're, you know, Palpatine, Sidious, Palpatine is tapping into Vader's dream or vision or i say Mm -hmm. dream like kind of wistful yeah that he he said it was well he kept saying at first he called it a dream and then he said it was a delusion yeah which is the saddest thing because it was yeah vader turns and sees himself but it's not vader it's just anakin no machine and he sees padme back in their old apartment and Luke is there, and he calls them mom and dad, and it's like, that's what Vader wants, and that I fucking know. hurts. <laughs> I know. it's so. It was very heartbreaking. Yes. Because at first you're thinking, like, it's a, the Emperor is having that vision. He always talks about how he has foreseen yes. that Luke will turn to the dark side. Yes. And at what first an you think... <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't understand that didn't age well <laughs> <laughs> but you're seeing that like he's well at first you think that's what you're seeing and then as you it slowly but carefully reveals that you're you're not actually seeing that you're seeing vader's dream of what he wishes he could have that's even more depressing because it's totally. just, like it's just sad to think that even inside that villain, there's a desire for family and companionship, even mm. though they are standing under their Starfleet, you know. The- yes. I mean, there was there was that obvious, like, Vader still wanted to rule, and he wanted Luke yeah. to be a part of that. And Because, yes. let's not forget, this is Empire Strikes Back, so it's like three, four years after A New Hope, mm-hmm. and Vader's basically on the hunt to find his son, and or what he thinks is his son or yeah and he wants to overthrow Sidious I mean that, mm-hmm. that's what it began as and then yeah. Vader changed to not just that he wanted to protect his son and get him out of there and you know yeah in the end exactly overthrew Sidious himself <gasps> yeah oh it's so good <laughs> it's very satisfying yeah I just I thought that, um, I thought it was interesting. Well, I guess until it turned and then you realized you were seeing Anakin's vision. But up to that point where the Emperor has this vision of himself facing Luke and he goes into his office and there's the the royal guards are dead. Did you find it interesting that the heads were chopped off? Yeah. I thought... (laughs) I thought that was interesting and kind of a tie into the beheading that takes place in the cave in Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was like, okay, they didn't... It, was that on purpose? Because the beheading thing is kind of a theme, at least in that movie. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't, I mean, I guess you see Mace Windu do it, but you don't see it too often. No. I guess Anakin beheads Oh, absolutely, Dooku. yeah. Yeah, 100%. well, he... <laughs> 100%. It's no problem for Anakin. No, he he's never... stab- I mean, stabbing people is his job for, for many years. <laughs> As a Jedi, might I remind everyone, but... <laughs> but yeah, I, he... Luke got grabbed and stopped the lightsaber in midair. Yeah, yeah. In this, and then, and then just basically force-pushed force it into Sidious and killed him in that way. So, like... yeah. It's not actually his vision. That's Vader's vision. He wanted yeah. his son to do that. And like Which is crazy. Kinda crazy. <laughs> but shows his hate awesome. for Sidious, basically. Well, it's like he allows his son to vindicate him, basically. Yes. But also the thing I was gonna say too is like before we know it's Vader's vision, Palpatine is still thinking like that even though he inv- like he sees a vision of his own death. Mm-hmm. that Luke is still a good possibility, like a good candidate. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. He was still plotting at that point to have a new apprentice, which is like, God, Palps, take a fucking yeah. break. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, this is damn. <laughs> well, and even when he realizes that he's dying and dies in the vision, and then he has this thought, there are lots of Sith apprentices and lots of people who think they can become an apprentice and overthrow me. It's not yes. possible. But it's like, have you ever had a vision of yourself dying before? Right. Because, like, why would you see this crazy thing, have this experience that you've never experienced, and then think, hmm, I'm going to hire that guy? <laughs> it's, there's, because there's been a disturbance. Yeah. So is the disturbance actually Luke and him trying to figure, or is the disturbance Vader's mental betrayal? Yeah, I kind of wondered that. It wasn't like 100% clear to me. At the beginning, I felt like the disturbance was that he was ex- like feeling was Luke in the Force because they mm-hmm. also talk about it was the rebel pilot, yes. the trigger finger, right. the finger on the trigger. And so that's where I started. But then by the end, it's like, is the disturbance vader holding this vision so tightly and trying to protect it and maybe even having feeling or emotion because Mm -hmm. of his son even though i guess george lucas said he's not he doesn't love his son at this Mm -hmm. point he doesn't have affection for him but no he's just another tool in the get rid of sidious plan but yeah man sam Witwer made it oh my god so i was just like wrapped i had to sit there just i couldn't do anything else i was just sitting there listening because it was so yeah, good it, it was was it him doing sidious's voice because it was yeah that's impressive it is he does the voice in some of the lego oh it's like i i was just like it while i was listening i was like this is spooky how good he is it's he's like, like one of emperor. those people like um uh what's the late night guy i love him jimmy hmm. fallon Jimmy oh. Fallon can literally do anyone's voice. And I don't it's understand like a mimic. people. Yeah. I don't understand how people can do that. Because your voice yeah. is your voice. How do you make it somebody else's? It's weird. But Sam Witwer did the same thing with all the characters. I, I really, I mean, I was into it. And 
and he sped up his voice when there was like action happening and he slowed mm-hmm. it down. And when he talked about Padme being in Vader's vision, which is really sad, um, he kind of mockingly laughed like, oh, I should have suspected she'd yeah. show up, you know? Yeah, and then he uses the the Emperor's accent just a little bit when he says just Padme Amidala. Yeah, because like... the subtlety was excellent. There is detail yeah. in a story when it's spoken by someone who has that much talent. <laughs> like... I was just thinking, while listening to it, this man is meant to be yes. in the Star Wars Absolutely. universe. Like, the fact that he can... I don't even know what's the, what's the word recreate the emperor's voice so accurately, but also had that mall feel sometimes when he was like very smooth and refined sounding. Yes, that was it was just like this man is in the right place. <laughs> what would it be like? To be good at something and then have that be your job. I don't know what that's like. Oh, so <laughs> dream come true, right? I don't I have, I I have just, no idea. <laughs> just once I'd like to do something I'm good at and it's fun and get paid. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Shit. Well, to think of like just a regular person reading the story, you know, you could do a good job and read it clearly and your elocution could be very good. But he brings a whole level of like feeling the story it's incredible it was really good it far exceeded all expectations at least yes i just even just sam witwer expectations in sam witwer like he surpassed that as well i mean he's damn good i mean we're like so used to him in clone wars and rebels and being amazing and then to hear him actively doing all these different voices because he does Luke and he does Vader. Mm-hmm. He does the Emperor. Mm-hmm. He's the narrator. And then he does one Imperial. Oh, like, yeah. Inv- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, was good too. It's all good. And, and like, even when he was Luke, he just said basically father and mother. Those mm-hmm. were the words. But he sounded just like Mark. It had an, it had an uptick, like that mm-hmm. that upwards lightness that, that uh, Mark Hamill has. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I really liked it. Was it was really good. I was very pleased with that. And the next story is titled, There is Always Another. And this is from the point of view of Force Ghost Obi-Wan, which hasn't lost any of his sarcasm or humor or charm. Yeah, I really enjoyed this story too. I, I, I didn't know if it was going to grab me, and it did, almost like right away within the first couple of moments and this one is read by jonathan davis right that's the narrator on the and he's so good he's who did a fantastic job yeah he really he really understood the moments where there's humor and the moments where it's like very bittersweet so basically this is from obi-wan's point of view as yoda is trying to tell luke not to leave right so it's the perfect mix of Obi-Wan reminiscing, uh, wishing better, wishing he could help more, and and also the bittersweet loss of Anakin and how he sees Anakin so clearly in the eyes of his son, Luke. Yes, I loved that part because we don't Me too. really ever get that. Everyone always says there's too much of his father in him, but mm-hmm. nobody would know that more than Obi-Wan. Absolutely. Yeah. And... Oh, I hope that some of the things they said in this <laughs> made me... I really hope they bring the same exact things up in the Kenobi show. Yeah. Because in this, in this tale, Obi-Wan says he spent 
the past, how many, you know, his, most of his, uh, whatever life after the Jedi fell in a sand prison or a, or a desert prison. Yes. Yeah. So only Obi-Wan in all of his pain and suffering and thinking about Anakin after, you know, Anakin f- fell to the dark side and everything went kaboom. Um, <laughs> he still remembers how fondly Anakin's eyes were. And then he goes on to describe like the other things about Anakin that we all know mm-hmm. basically from the clone wars, Yeah, you know, that Obi-Wan adored. Yeah. Even it's, the things that, that annoyed him, he still yes. reminisces about. And there are things in this, that I have written in fan fiction and I have planned for fan fiction and I have seen in other people's fan fiction, like needing to teach Anakin to swim. I had no idea this was in this story, but it's definitely I didn't know a scene in a fic I have planned. I know. It's like a thing. And like Anakin sleeping. Why does everyone think that Anakin can't Because he can't swim. on a desert planet where there's no water. Oh, that's right. Oh, God. <laughs> I was thinking he has a long enough arm span. He'd be a great swimmer, but I forgot about the planet of sand he hates. Yeah, I didn't grow up with any water. Uh. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then the idea of him waking up in the middle of the night and finding Anakin asleep on the floor <gasps> next to his bed. That too. I've seen yeah. that. Yep. I've seen that in, in uh, like fan art. Yeah, I love you know, that idea. And everything he was saying, my God, Leanne, I was just like, I was just going like, yes, yes. When he's talking about how he didn't even know what kind of man he was because he was instantly thrown from being a Jedi who was just swallowing everything the Jedi were telling him to believe. And suddenly he's in charge of another living person and he doesn't know what the hell to do with that. We literally just talked about that in one of our most recent episodes. Like, yeah. That he was thrown into that without any sort of preparation it just went from zero to 60 in his life real fast after Qui-Gon died yeah and on the flip side I loved how they said that Anakin didn't ask for any of this either yes which is so true we forget that like yes he agreed to go and his mom let him but that I mean here I mean he Qui-Gon just showed up one day in his life he didn't ask for any of that you know and things happened (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, I I don't know. I just love the way he was kind of bitter. Mm-hmm. And not in, like, a, you know... Vengeful crank- way? Yes, exactly, exactly. It was more like he got thrown into this, and then he would say, in the, the short story, he would say, what kind of choice was that that you gave Anakin, Qui-Gon? Yeah. Like, Qui-Gon right? made this decision, then Qui-Gon dies, and everyone else has to live with the consequences Yes. Of what he put in motion. Perfectly stated. And I love that Obi-Wan is kind of frustrated with Anakin, but also like his only advocate. And yes. you don't you don't see that as much in the at least not in the movies. You maybe you see it a little bit more in the TV show, but even then, a lot of the times Obi-Wan is kind of like reprimanding Anakin mm-hmm. more so than than anything. Because we don't ever really see those really early days of True. Them together. Them awkwardly trying to find their place in each other's yeah. story, you know? Yeah, and that little thing he said of trying to say to Anakin, yes, of course everyone's happy you're here, even though yeah, Mace Windu is always kind of scowling oh. at him. Yeah, and I could see 
I could see his face, and I didn't. I was, mm-mm. I was like, this sour <laughs> bastard. I mean, it didn't help at all. That's for sure. It didn't yeah. make this uh, rapid boil of a child, <laughs> we'll say, uh, any any more feel any more accepted, which is all he wanted anyway. Yeah. In the end. So yeah, I yeah. loved that because it was all real. It's real. It's real shit that Obi Wan would go through and think. Yeah. You know. All the while being hurt by all the close, the similarities in like Luke's facial features that take him back to a time and place. Yeah, and I, I, I just love the crankiness he has at Yoda also for. Oh yeah, like this is your chance to step in and say something, but no, he's gonna sit stand there with his <laughs> cane and stare at the ship like he didn't take his invitation to speak. <laughs> like, exactly. That's what you do in real life, though. You set yeah. someone up for something and then you wait and they never step in to finish what we're, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. It's, just like... it's so true. It's so true. And I love the moment where he's talking about how he kept trying to convince Yoda that Luke is not Anakin. Mm-hmm. And I just, whoever wrote this story, which I can't remember off the top of my head now, um, Gary D. Schmidt is the author. Gary D. Schmidt. Well written. Really well As, done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my favorite part, and the part that made me laugh out loud, I mean, la- I went, oh my, you know, like, was the part where he said, why do the Skywalkers care so damn much? Things in this galaxy would be so different if the damn Skywalkers just didn't care so much. Was that not hilariously yes. true? Oh my God. I laughed at that. And I burst out laughing within the first couple lines when he said that, like, even now that I'm dead, I yes. didn't think I'd be holding a Skywalker back from doing something stupid. It's the truth. He said, as long as there's a Skywalker, there's an impulsive decision or something like that. And it's like, it's, it's true. So and it's, and he even mentions Leia, that mm-hmm. he got letters from Bale. Yes. Or, like, updates from Bale that she, you know, Leia was just as much of a Skywalker as... yeah. And in Amidala, because he gives he gives credit to Padme's you know, yeah, stature I would say yes. within the Senate and her position on things. In the moment where he said, "If only Padme had been the chosen one, and Anakin could have yes. been, uh... yes, the, the senatorial <laughs> prince." <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I thought that was a really interesting. Because I'm sure you've seen there's fan art, there's fan fiction of that where oh, they do yes. role reversals. Oh yes. To now have something that's canon where somebody's like, wouldn't it have just been better? (laughs) Wouldn't it just, couldn't we have just avoided this? Had Padme Amidala been? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she tried for what it was worth, but. She did her damn best. (laughs) Yeah. And she is very evident in both of her children. Yeah. But yeah, if the Skywalkers didn't care so damn much. (laughs) I know that was great. So the Obi-Wan is saying this, but if you think about it, it's because the Skywalkers cared so damn much. Each and every single time they did. Leia mm-hmm. basically led two wars yeah. to, to to success. And Luke... <laughs> yeah, We already yeah. spent one episode telling you why <laughs> he's amazing. But like, if they didn't care so much, there'd be no Baby Yoda. Yeah. You know, because old Luke, care, he cared enough to come. And if they didn't care so much, Leia wouldn't have led everyone in the sequels. 
to yeah. victory. So there's a lot to be said on both sides of that statement, but I laugh so damn. It's the truth. It's true. but Those it, goddamn Skywalkers. <laughs> they need, the galaxy needs people to care, but with the Skywalkers, you kind of get ground up and chewed up and spit out the other end, you know? Yes. <laughs> While they care it, so much. It's caring, like, exponential <laughs> to yeah. the 10th. Tenth degree of some kind. Exactly. I um. I love this story because it shows like that even Obi Wan is a little unsure of what to say to Luke. Mm-hmm. I-, I sense that there was some like he wanted Yoda to say something so that he wouldn't say something wrong. You yeah. Know? Because at any moment, it but. So Luke's getting ready to leave to go save Han and Leia, and obviously it's a trap to, you know, get within Vader's proximity. But I, I love that Obi-Wan in that moment basically said, like, there's no stopping them once they get their mind set on something. And it, that's another Skywalker trait. Well, and he's no different. No, it's true. <laughs> Remember this a little thing called the lawless where he just, like... <laughs> basically didn't listen to a word the jedi grand master told him and was like i'm gonna go and try and stop this mandalorian civil war all by myself (laughs) (laughs) do as i say not as i do that's the kenobi skywalker motto rules for thee but not for me (laughs) (laughs) i like that that's great yeah it's for everybody yeah. <laughs> well, I would highly, highly recommend these, both these stories, but I'm really excited to dive into more. But if yes. anyone is interested in these short stories, these two in particular are really mm-hmm. exceptional. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and, and almost they're kind of they're kind of in order. So you could listen to mm-hmm. um the Sidious one first and then go into you know, what's happening yeah. on the other side, basically, of all of this going on, which is yeah. Obi-Wan and Yoda. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I loved it. I think we'll do more episodes where we discuss these short stories because there's a plethora to, to pull from. There are. There's so many, and they're just... They're, I really appreciate how Star Wars audiobooks have become more like um, audio plays. Yeah. They've come from, you know, most of the time audiobooks are just like, there's maybe music at the beginning and then they read and then they close mm-hmm. out. And this is like, they add sound effects, they have music faded yes. in and out. Like when the Emperor was going into a vision, the music would change. It was just, it was very fun to listen to. I think they're really entertaining. And the readers, like the the narrators are so excellent. Yeah, and, and it's not point of views of people you'd expect we talked about two huge characters but there's way more subtle characters like background characters and mm-hmm. one of the stories is from the point of view of the damn dagobah cave the cave has a point of view oh wow so, really there's yeah. one i listened to that was from the wampas point of view see so yeah it, i would i'd highly recommend it and I, again thank you so much to our wonderful listener who gifted this basically to both of us yeah to listen yes. to and delve into and it's been a complete joy and thank you for that yes we are so grateful and and i cannot wait to listen to more so let's let's plan to do some more of these in the future because these this was really fun mm-hmm. 
So we want to hear from you. If you have read or listened to, from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back, what is one of your favorite short stories? Or if we haven't talked about it yet, what one would you like us to talk about? Which one would you like us to pick apart or give our opinions on? We'd love to know. Yeah. We can't wait to listen to more. Yeah. But if you have anything specific you want us to do next, please let us know. Join us next week for a really special episode. We are very excited about this one. So Our, excited. We're going to have a friend on. She's um, she's an artist, but we're not going to talk about art this time. We're going to talk about Padme Amidala <laughs> because... I think we'll mention her art at least a little bit. Oh, absolutely, because her art's <laughs> freaking amazing. We yeah, do have amazing. a longer extended interview with her about the art, but next week... Jenny Marie Studios, Jenny from Jenny Marie Studios is going to be on um, to chat Padme Amidala with us because Jenny, Leanne, and I all have a very similar relationship with Padme where we started off not really liking her and now we kind of love her and it's been a growing experience. So yes, we're going to do kind of like a ladies round table about Padme. Yes. Women on Star Wars. Yes, part exactly. one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's gonna it's gonna be fun. I'm really excited to have her on. Yes, can't wait. So tune in. It's gonna be awesome. Last week we had a laugh fest, basically, where we laughed our <laughs> our asses off this during is an, true. <laughs> during the entire episode where we discussed Obi Wan's hair and we got some equally hilarious feedback from yes <laughs> our dear friend clone wars collector said in response to the latest episode for obi-wan's hair i have two words to describe the worst haircut reiko hardine <laughs> <laughs> or more of more specifically baldy <laughs> i can't believe we forgot to talk about bald obi-wan i i i guess it's we were so focused on that tiny little ponytail <laughs> and the, the air-dried uh, large roller brush curls. Yeah, we were too focused on that to, free, to even remember Reiko Hardeen. Yeah. And another comment we got from a dear friend, Derek. He says, wait, he had a CGI beard? <laughs> that was his first comment. And the second comment was, he has to agree with you, Lauren. Phantom Menace is the worst haircut. So. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. That was near Baldy one. Maybe that's why it was so bad, because it was just that short, terrible hair with the short, terrible t- ponytail. Yeah, the little stumpy hairdo on top. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. Remember to follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram, and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Plus, you can always find us over at mostthingskenobi.com. So, until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always. Always.